We're starting a brand new series this morning, and it's titled Blessed, To Be or Not To Be. So how many of you are the to be? Yeah, to be. You, you want to be blessed. I, me too. I want to go ahead and dive right in because we have a lot to cover, uh, and we're, we're probably going to go uh, several you know, weeks on this here. I believe that there is so much in the Word of God, and even... You know, from this series, we won't cover everything that the Scripture talks about in regards to, to being blessed. Because there's just so much in the Word. So I want to encourage you to be in the Word and, and to dive in. And, and from this study that we're going to do during this series, take this word blessed and do a word study on it even further than what we're going to do here. And just, you know, really look at I believe it will bless you because the Word of God... The more that I get into the Word and the more that I study the Word, I am blessed by it. I am, it, I am so encouraged by it. I'm lifted up by it. I get strength from it. So I want to encourage you to do the same so that you can get uh, you know, that strength. And many of you know uh, what I'm talking about because you're, you know, you're in the Word and you're reading. And, you know, and if you're not, just, just get in just a little bit. And uh, once you get your feet wet, you'll want to dive all the way in. I guarantee it. Uh, you just have to persevere and press, press in. Well, this word blessed, it occurs 302 times in 287 verses. And that's the word blessed, B-L-E-S-S-E-D. And there's, you know, you have the word bless. Uh, that's not counting that. And it's not counting the word blessings, blessing or blessings. So, or, you know, so there's a whole lot more. In there, so just for the word "blessed," uh, ed is three hundred and two times in two hundred and eighty-seven verses in the Bible. However, when you're looking at those and you're looking at this word with this spelling here, and this and it in whatever version you're looking at translated, this is you know from the King James. It doesn't always mean the same thing in every verse. The word "blessed." And I'm going to take this out while I'm thinking about it right now. If maybe you didn't either, you could do that. Because if it rings while we're going, as always, it's $100 in the offer. No, I'm kidding. It's not $100. It's just a dollar. No, it, it, it's, it's nothing. It's okay. This is a, a church. We preach grace here. We have the grace. And even if mine goes off, it's all right. But it doesn't always mean the same thing in every verse. And I want to start looking at in Psalms 34, verse 8. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And this word blessed here in the Hebrew, it means happiness, basically happiness. And then we look at Psalm 66, verse 20. It says, Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer, nor his loving kindness from me. Now this word blessed here in this verse means to bless, kneel, to praise, or salute. So what you could do with this verse, you could say, Praise be God, or praise be to God, who has not turned away my prayer, nor his loving kindness from me. So you can see just from the example of those two verses that this word blessed means two totally different things in these verses. And so we can't always just assume that it means one thing. And at times you'll also see the word blessed in, in different scriptures in the context of blessings or prosperity. Or it's talking about being blessed monetarily. You know, you'll see 
uh, a few instances where the word blessed is there and it's and it's doing that. So we've got to study the word of God. We've got to find out what these certain words mean so that we can have a greater understanding. Now, we're going to focus primarily in this study on the word blessed where it means happy, where it means happy, because we're going to talk about biblical happiness and what that means as opposed to what most in the world or what our perceived ideas of the culture says what it means to be happy. And so we're going to talk scripturally what it means, and we're going to go over some facts about biblical happiness, and we're going to start with James chapter 1, verse 12. It says, blessed, or happy, this one here is happy, is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So this word here, blessed, is a Greek word, because we're in the New Testament now, and the Greek word is makarios, makarios, makarios. It's happy, blessed, to be envied. Literally means to be envied, happy, to be envied. And the thing is, is that true happiness is, as we've seen, as we see here in this verse in James 1.12, that it doesn't have anything to do with our present circumstances. It's independent from our circumstances. Happiness, biblical happiness, it's self-contained. The happiness defined by our culture that we see is based on our circumstances. So if things are going good, we're happy. If things are going good, we're blessed. If things are not going so good, then we're not happy. We're not blessed. However, biblical happiness is different. It transcends circumstances. It goes beyond whatever, you, whatever trial that you might be going through. Because in, in this verse here, in James 1, blesses man who perseveres under what? Trial, which is, you know, circumstances. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. So true happiness is not material, it's not inherited, it's not something that, that just comes to you automatic. It can't be uh, acquired by some recipe of human origin. We can't just come up with some formula and all of a sudden if we do this, 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 and wow, we're, we're going to be happy no matter what. True happiness is based on a scriptural relationship with Jesus Christ and Him alone. That's what true happiness is based on. It's a state of blessedness. And this word blessedness, when you look at that and you look at what that means, it's a state of being divinely blessed. And, you know, God, when we've come to Him, when we have that salvation experience, we come to Him, we have entered into a state of blessedness. We have been, uh, God's grace has come in, which He's divinely intervened in our heart and given us the ability and the power to overcome circumstances. Therefore, we are blessed. So we are in a state of blessedness, and it derives from our close relationship with God. So being blessed, and when you're talking from a biblical sense, it's conditional. And this is the thing about, you know, compared to what, in the world, what they say, or what people, you know, that, that they're just out there, you know, you look up the definition of happy. If you look up the definition of happy on the internet and you go to your uh, dictionary, it, it has nothing to do with persevering through trials or circumstance. You won't see that at all. 
you will see, you know, it's a, it, it's a state of mind. You will see happiness is, is based on our circumstances. When things are going good, we're happy. It's a mood. And so that is what you'll see in the dictionary. But the thing is, is that when you're talking about biblical happiness, it's, it's way beyond that. And so when we preach the gospel to the unsaved or those who do not know Christ, we don't use, hey, come to Christ and you'll be blessed or come to Christ and you'll have a happier life because their definition of happy is different from what the scripture says it is. And so that's why when we preach the gospel to the unsaved, we have to have balance with what we preach with because when they come to Christ, how many know when you came to Christ, some things got worse. It wasn't so, you know, just pretty all of a sudden. Some things got more difficult. It got harder. And things weren't just so easy now all of a sudden. You know, now I've got the enemies fighting me. And I got, you know, just a different way that I've got to start thinking. And as I'm looking in the Word, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so you're in a, a time of transition from a new babe in Christ and moving towards a mature Christian. And during that, that transition time, there's times where you're wanting to cry, just like the little ones when they're born and they got their messy diaper and they're crying. You know, they, they've got all those things and those issues. And then, you know, notice like, you know, when the baby cries, there's a list of things that it can be. And, you know, the mother knows, right? You know, dad, he doesn't know. He doesn't, I, I'm, I have four children. And when they were all, whenever they were crying, my solution, when they cried, feed it, feed it, feed it every time. Carrie Ann, the baby's hungry. The baby's crying. No, I just fed the baby 30 minutes ago. He's not hungry. Let's check his diaper. Okay, well, the diaper's fine. Well, he needs some more food. That's all. I, that was the only solution to the baby crying was, let's eat. Because when the bottle goes in or whatever, you know, hey, baby's quiet. When the spoon, he's, baby's happy. Eat happiness. Eat happiness. That's all I could think. You know, baby's crying, not happy. Eating, happy. That was my solution. And she would get, no, stop, stop trying to feed the baby. Stop feeding the baby. Just hold the baby, rock the baby, burp the baby. Baby's got gas, baby's teething, put this in its mouth. You know, there's all, there's this list of stuff that it could be. But I didn't want to hear any of that. All I knew was feed it. Feed it. And it will be quiet. (laughs) So that was my solution. And so when you present the gospel to those who don't, know what the true happy, the biblical definition of happiness is, and you say, come to Christ, you'll be happy. It's kind of like that one solution to everything. It's just that one, it, feed it. So see, that's what you're saying. You're saying, oh, it's got to be this. If you've got this going on in your life, you got to get saved. By golly. <laughs> and that's going to fix that. See, so we, we can't do that. Because their definition of blessed or happiness is not what the Bible says. And when you look in Psalms 1-1, we see this, how that being blessed is conditional. How blessed, and this is, you know, happy, talking about happiness here. How happy is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. So we see here, just in this verse, that happiness is not something ready-made 
with a nice bow on it. And let's just leave this scripture up on the screen for a few moments. Happiness is not something, according to this scripture, that is a gift. See, happiness is not a gift. Salvation is a what? It's a gift. Being happy, according to the script, that's not a gift. There's something you have to do to get blessed, to obtain happiness. When you look here, according to this verse, happy is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked. That's, that's part one. Nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. So there's something that you have to do in order to obtain the happy or the blessed in the first part. It's conditional. Because you cannot walk in the counsel of the wicked and be happy. You can't do it. So it's conditional. And when you look at also in, in, the, in the Scripture, it comes... It's conditional, so it comes from our own actions. It's something that we actually have to do. There's, there's always something. When you see the word blessed is the man or happy is the guy or the man or, or whatever it may be, you know, you'll see it. There's something you've got to do. There's an action that takes place. Have you ever played um, you know, Pictionary and they're drawing the picture and you get a clue? You know, is it an action or is it a place? Or those, you know, the little clue. And the actions are the ones that... Uh, I remember I had this, this one and the action was sweeping. And so I had to figure out how am I going to get them to guess that I'm drawing on the board sweeping this action. So I put on the board and I drew a broom the best I could. Now, I, I am not an artist, okay? And then what I did, and they knew it was an action, so what I did was I drew a line and I was going back and forth, and my arm's going, and I'm like, come on, guess it. And they're going, broom. Like, yeah, but what am I doing? You know, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, why can't you just spit it out? My arm's getting tired. Hurry up. And finally, someone spits out, sweeping. Yeah, that's it. And we're all excited, and we're happy because we guessed it. There was an action. Sometimes I wonder if that's God up there, and he's going, come on. You're going to, wait, wait, you're going to get it. It's right here in this scripture. It's an action. You got to do this. Come on, you're going to get it. No, 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 not that way. This way. And he's like, my arm's getting tired. You know, so sometimes that's, sometimes that's what I think God's doing with me. I, I don't know about you, but that's how I feel. You know, I'll be going through something. I'll be, you know, my mind, I'll be worrying about this. We're back. I'm in this circumstance. I'm in that. And next thing I know, I get a revelation that's in the Word. And just on the inside, it just feels so good. And I'm like, oh, hallelujah. Now I know what to do. I know what to do. And I think God was up there like, it's about time. Because He's been trying to tell me that for two weeks. And I've been sitting there all trying to figure it out on my own and try to figure, you know. And the answer was right there in the Word. I want to put this statement on the screen by Abraham Lincoln. He says, most folks are as happy as they make up their minds to be. Most folks are as happy as they make up their minds to be. Now, is this statement true? To a degree, yes. To a degree, yes. We'll put another statement on the screen. Biblical happiness is more than a state of mind. It is a state of being. It is a state of being. 
yes, first it starts in the mind. You're going to decide, hey, listen, I, I, I saw this principle in the Word of God. Now I'm going to act on it. So it's more than just making you know, some state of mind. Happiness is not saying, I'm, you can't just go, oh, I'm going to be happy and just decide. That'll last you for a while. It'll work. Look, the human nature is, is powerful. You can make up your mind. I'm just going to be a happy person. And you can, you can do that. But it will only last so far. Because you're doing it in your own strength. It's you. It's me. Instead of me and the Lord. Me and submitting to the Lord. Me looking at the Lord. And being who I'm supposed to be. And when I look at the scripture and I step into the action, I am this now. See, when the scripture says that you are the head and not the tail, it's who you are. And when you come into that and you start acting like that, the action of it, and not just thinking it, you're putting it to action, now you're blessed. Now you're more than a conqueror. Now you're these things when you begin to step out into it. Now you're happy. So it's more happiness. Biblical happiness is more than a state of mind. It's a state of being. It's I am being and I'm acting on the word of God. So should we seek to be happy? See, we have this thing in the country. It's, it's you know, the pursuit of what? Happiness, right? The pursuit of happiness. Should we seek to be happy? You know, the short answer really is, is yeah, but let, let, let's, let's, the answer to this question is this. When we seek Jesus and follow His ways and His commandments, we will be happy. We will. It's not a maybe. It's not a might. You know, it's not this. When you seek the Lord with all your heart, mind, and strength, and you follow His ways, His commandments, you will be happy. And see, that's why when we're preaching the gospel, we don't say come get saved, you will be happy. It's come get saved, seek God, follow His ways, and follow His commandments, and then you will be happy. Do you see the difference? In Psalm, we know know this to be true, Psalms 144, 15. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Whose God is the Lord. See, when you come to Christ, you're coming to Him as Savior, as He is your Savior, But then after that, you've got to make him your Lord. And when you make him your Lord, that's when happiness starts kicking in. That's when it because it's not me in my own strength doing these things and going through the circumstances. Now I've got God. I'm submitted to him and to his ways and the principles in the word. I'm looking at that. C.S. Lewis put it this way. God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. So the idea is to seek God and happiness will follow. And listen, if, you're, if you start getting low and empty on your tank in your car, if you go home and turn on the water hose and stick it in, is it going to work? It's not going to work. And many times when we come to Christ... And we start, you know, doing this whole Christian life thing. A lot of times we're hooking up a water hose to ourselves instead of hooking up to the real fuel, the fuel that we need, which is God. We've got to hook into him. We've got to make him our Lord. We look at his ways. Now, Jesus addressed this about being happy in the Sermon on the Mount. 
And I want to read this here, and we're going to be referring back to this you know, later on uh, in the series. But in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, we're going to read 16 verses, so buckle in. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Notice all of these verses. They're what? Conditional. They're conditional. Verse verse 12. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all those who are in the house." Let your light so shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, so, so why did we keep on reading after we were looking at the verses that say, blessed is this, blessed is that? Because this continues on and it shows us the importance of why we need to be blessed and why we need to seek God and His ways And look at these verses that talk about being happy because God wants you to be happy. Because when you're happy, your light is shining and you're able to affect somebody else. And that's what he wants from all of his children. He wants us to be happy, not only for our sakes, because that's number one. But after that, it's somebody else. He, you know, he, he wants you to be happy, and then he wants you to share it with someone else. And the best way for you to share the gospel is to live it out in front of somebody else. Amen? That's the best way. Now, the definition of blessed here in the Amplified Bible, I thought this was really good. I want to read this to you. It means happy, to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions. Regardless of their outward conditions. And I mentioned this earlier about to be envied. And see, when you're happy, when you are blessed by the definition that's in the Word of God, that kind of biblical happiness, biblically being blessed, you are going to be envied. Because you're going through a circumstance, but you're going through it with a smile on your face. You're going through it with a demeanor that they can't understand. And they want that. And they need that. It does something in those around you when you are blessed. And it's hard to be a light to others when we're in a bad mood. Or we stay, you know, consistently or constantly in a bad mood. You know the guy or you know the woman, that when you go to work and they come in and they're never happy, you know who I'm talking about? 
Mr. and Mrs. Grumpy Pants. It is just like there is nothing good that ever happens to them. I mean, ever. Ever. They come in, they're complaining about something that went wrong on the way in, or yesterday, why, you won't believe what happened to me, and this, and there. I mean, it's just every day, all day long, they're just a downer. How many know what I'm talking about? God wants you to be that light, but you can't be Mr. or Mrs. Grumpy Pants. You can't be to be able to be that light to others. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be blessed. And so when do we really find happiness? And Proverbs 8, 32 gives us the answer. Now, therefore, O sons, listen to me. For blessed, this is happy, blessed are they who keep my ways. My ways. Now, who are we talking about here? We're not talking about God, actually. I thought the same thing when I read the verse the first time by itself. But when you read the whole chapter of chapter 8, look at verse 1. This whole thing says, does not wisdom call? Does not wisdom call? And it goes on, and it's talking about wisdom. And so let's go back and let's read verse 32 again. Now, therefore, O sons, listen to me. For happy are they who keep wisdom's ways. Who keeps wisdom's ways. That's what we're talking about. So we find happiness when we keep the ways of wisdom. How many know, you know, Proverbs is full of things that, you know, we say, oh, if you want wisdom, read Proverbs. And it's true. There's so much in there. And there's, in the others, see, it's wise. And when you look at that Sermon on the Mount, those verses that we read, blessed are these that do this and do that. When you look at that, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. It's wise to be that way, to seek after righteousness, to hunger and thirst after that. And, you know, happiness is this, it's this thing where without wisdom, it's superficial. It's that state of mind and it won't last. Wisdom is what keeps us in the ways of the Lord. Wisdom is what keeps us on track. So we seek God and in seeking God, seek wisdom. Say, Lord, give me wisdom. God, I need your wisdom because mine's not enough to keep me in this state of being blessed, to keep me in this state of walking the way that you want me to walk, to see the future in the way that you see the future, to not be depressed or not be down or not, not, not look at life in a way that, that, you know, just with hopelessness, but to look at life in a way that, oh God, that you can turn any situation around. You can turn anything. Give me your wisdom so I can see, so I can see the way out of this and through this and I can make it. God, I need you. I need your wisdom. This is how we're to pray. Church, this is how we pray. We use the word of God and we can look at it. We can see it and we can say, God, I need you. Because true biblical happiness isn't a state of mind. It's more than that. It's a state of being. It's not based on our circumstances. It transcends circumstance. And so happiness is this feeling that we all aspire to experience more of. I, I think if we went around and said, do you want to be more happy? Or would you like to, your happiness level, if we had a meter, you know, would you like it to go up? You know how you, 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 you'd look at the temperature and you look at chicken and my wife does this to make sure it's done. She sticks it in there and you see if it's the right temp. Well, if it's not done, let's put it back in and let it be. So if we had a little happiness meter and we stuck everybody with it, 
you know, what would, your, what would the readout say? What would your temperature be? What would your readout say? Would it say, wow, I'm like, you know, I'm way up here. My, my happiness level, I'm way over 100, you know. Or would it be, it's kind of low. You know, something can really be sometimes just an angry, moody, depressed bunch. Sometimes we can do that. And we can get into that based on things that are going on. And so I want to look at some reasons to be happy. And I want to give you two. We're going to look at some more. We don't have time to go through all of them this morning. So we're going to continue on. But I want to look at two. If This is really cutting out a lot now. So, um, But if it keeps going, we'll, we'll switch. But if you're struggling... You know, to make lemonade because, you know, when life is just handing you nothing but lemons and, you know, it's just it's bitter and all that. You know, I'm hoping that some of these reasons and there's more we could we could go on and talk all kinds of reasons to be happy, you know. Uh, But I'm hoping that some of these reasons will give you some strength, some motivation, whatever it may be. So you can squeeze those lemons real hard, add a bunch of sugar to it, and then it'll be sweet and we can be happy. Amen. So number one, there are people in your life who love and depend on you. There are people in your life who love and depend on you. And, you know, when we looked at the Sermon on the Mount, we talked about how that, you know, those things and and being in that state of happiness, how it's going to affect others and our light's going to shine. Well, even those that, that, that love us the most and that are around us, and there are people who depend on you. There's somebody who's depending on you. And there's somebody who loves you. Whether they express it or whether you believe it or not, it's true. There's someone who loves you and is depending on you. So we need to be blessed. We need to be happy for their sake. You know, and you say, well, well, TJ, that sounds a little weird. Well, let's look at the first and greatest commandment. It's to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Right? So that's our focus, our number one focus. Number two is to love your neighbor as yourself. To love your neighbor as you... Now, and you remember the one who came to Christ said, well, who is my neighbor? You know, basically your neighbor's everybody. It's your family, the one who loves you, the one that doesn't... I mean, you're sitting, you're sitting next to them. Your neighbor's everybody. And so when you're loving those, and those that love you, when you love, when you love those, it, you would do anything for them. Because that's what love does. We, love is sacrificial. We sacrifice for others. We sacrifice for those around us. And, you know, love says, and love always thinks the best, and it always acts the best. It always says, when we look at Corinthians 13, the love chapter, we see that love acts the best. It thinks the best. It does all of these things. So love would say, you know what? I don't need to be depressed. I don't need to be down. I don't need to always be complaining. I don't need to be angry for the sake of those around me, for my children, for those, you know, for, for my parents, for my, my children, my wife, my spouse, my co-workers, my, for those around me, I need to be on a different level. Getting all the, the anger and all the frustrations, all things, and putting those things under our feet, under my feet, so that I can rise above that for the sake of those, because there's always somebody in your life who loves you and depends on you. We need to choose to be happy for the sake of those around us. I want to look at Philippians chapter 4 real quick. In verse 4 it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all man, men. The Lord is near. Now this word rejoice in the Greek means to rejoice exceedingly, 
to be glad, be well, thrive. Literally thrive. So let's look at that verse 4 one more time. Thrive in the Lord always. Again, I say thrive. He doesn't want us going through life with a survival mentality. He wants us to go through life thriving. Going above surviving. When the one who's coming into work and they've done nothing, you won't believe what happened. Man, this guy cut me off and then this happened and they're just all day. It doesn't, it's just constant. And what happened last night? And there's always something wrong. They're just trying to what? Survive. They're just trying to survive life. God wants us to go beyond that and to thrive. That's why he's saying thrive in me. Thrive always. And again, I say thrive. And here's another reason. I want to read a little story. It's called The Fence. There was a little boy with a bad temper. His father gave him a bag of nails and told him to hammer a nail in the back fence every time he lost his temper. The first day, the boy drove 37 nails into the fence. And then it gradually dwindled down. He discovered that it was easier to control his temper than to drive those nails into the fence. Finally, the day came when the boy did not lose his temper at all. He told his father about it, and his father suggested that he now pull out one nail for each day that he controlled his temper. The days passed, and the young boy was finally able to tell his father that the nails were all gone. The father took his son by the hand and led him to the fence. He said, You've done well, my son, but look at all the holes in the fence. The fence will never be the same. When you say things in anger, those words leave a scar, just as these nails have. You can put a knife in a man and draw it out, but no matter how many times you said, I'm sorry, the wound will still be there. A verbal wound is as bad as a physical one. That's a real powerful story when I read it. And I thought, if we're thriving, if we're thriving, we're not nailing nails. If we're in survival mode. We're nailing nails. So God wants us to go beyond survival into thriving. I want us to go ahead and stand. I had another reason why we should be happy but to, to go over this morning, but uh, I, I feel like we'll just put that on to, to next week. I want you to, you know, make sure you, you know, be here as much as you can for, for this series because I believe it, it's helping me. I learn so much every time I'm, I'm looking and I'm studying and as God shows me what He wants me to bring. I hope you were blessed by this, this word, and that, it, that it's helpful and that it helps. And this morning I want us to pray together as a group. And I want us to pray that God would uh, you know, just, just do a work in us and that He would pour His wisdom into us. And that He would cause us to, you know, just see things a little different. And that we would go beyond survival mode into, into thriving. Maybe you're already thriving. That's wonderful. You know, I just pray that, you know, maybe this will just take you even higher. But, but maybe you're in survival mode. You're in survival mode. And you need to be in a, in a thriving mode. Just how many just could say, you know, I've been surviving instead of thriving. How many just could admit that? Just say, you know, I've been kind of surviving you know, the way I think, and, where I, and that, that's, that's a lot of us. That's most of us. And so, you know, and that's, that happens. And I can say that, 
you know, as I, I have been studying, as I'm looking back on my life and looking at the years, and I can see that there were just some time wasted surviving rather than thriving. I, I can see that. And God wants us to put that behind, and he, he wants us to walk different. He wants us to walk differently. He wants us to be able to walk with our head up and to thrive and to not just survive. So can we pray that here this morning and agree together? And whatever circumstance that may be in your way right now that you, that you see that, that's keeping you from thriving, let's just lay it at the Lord's feet and go beyond that and go beyond a state of mind into a state of being. Let's pray. Let's put our hands in the air and pray. Father, we just agree now this morning and we just thank you for your word. We just thank you for what you're doing. And Lord, I think as you've spoken to each one of us here this morning about your definition of happiness, Lord, that we would be able to see and know that happiness is not based on our circumstance. So when a circumstance comes, Lord, may we look to you and put it at your feet. And we do that now for every circumstance that we're going through. We lay it down at your feet right now. And we say, Father God, we're not going to survive any longer just to try to survive through these circumstances. But we're going to thrive. And we're going to put these things and lay them at your feet. And you've given us the strength and the ability that you said in your word. Lord, may we look at your word and grab a hold of these principles anywhere where your word says, happy are those that do these things. Lord, may we do the principles that are in your word and hide it in our heart. Hide your word in our heart and stand on your word, Father God, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for pointing out a greater measure of your wisdom to every single person that has their hand in the air right now. I thank you for giving wisdom to each one in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that they would see the difference, that I would see the difference even this week. Lord, as I go through my week, Lord, that I am thriving now instead of surviving in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand? God is good.